Welcome to another episode of Provoke Podcast. It takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I am Brian Wilder, and we have, as always, Kelsey Shalou in the studio. How are you doing, Kelsey? Hey, I am great. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. Whew, almost there. Yeah. Almost there. Um, so today we're going to talk about, I guess, uh, social media and how it can really kind of make or break your brand's identity. Um, I, this, this is a topic that you're kind of very kind of passionate about, so why don't you kind of like... Start the conversation for us. All right. So I first brought this up to Brian, um, what, like a week and a half ago when we were kind of just having a brainstorm session, flushing out a bunch of ideas. And earlier that day, I read a headline and the headline said, your Instagram feed and profile is just as important as your web page, your website's homepage. Okay. And that kind of got me thinking of... um, how are people supplementing the two, especially like small businesses or even personal creatives like right. you and I? Um, how do we see it working on a social media team with other brands and, you know, kind of supplementing that? I personally will go on to mostly Instagram, but sometimes Facebook, depending on who it is. And I will Google, if you will, brands right into my social channels because that um, really quickly and really easy kind of like at a glance profiles of just an overarching feed of pictures will Mm -hmm. kind of let me know who they're talking to based upon the people and um, ethnicity or gender age of the people that they're sharing in photos as well as even just like I don't know, I hate to use the word vibe, but you can kind of just catch that all in a glance as opposed to if you go to a website or a homepage, like you're going to be doing some reading, you're going to like leaf through a couple different pages and jump from one page to the next page. Whereas if you were to Google a brand Mm -hmm. on Instagram, Facebook, you know, wherever you go, um, you just kind of get this overarching feed. And I think a lot of people, when we think of Instagram in a personal life, like it's really just the all right, I have this thing and I'm going to post it now because Mm I want to share this. It's not really a collection, not a lot of personal people using social or or people using social for personal reasons think of their feed as a collection. Whereas if we're working Hmm. on a brand or um, in a business, your whole feed is supposed to have this look. It's supposed to have a certain tie that's all kind of together. Whereas like my personal feed is like random pictures kind of here and there. Um, But we see more and more of that, I think, emerging on social. And so this idea of the web page or your, excuse me, your feed being more important than your web page based on that at a glance, quick kind of fast service download, if you will, um, I just thought was really interesting and I'm wondering like what are people doing but also what is Instagram doing as a or any social but I'm thinking mostly of Instagram right uh, what are they doing to kind of continue and further this um, this this look mm-hmm. and I think we've recently seen um, people being able to follow hashtags and like instead of just going and seeing what people are you know hashtagging and looking at but we can now follow branded hashtags or um like if you're into cooking and food like there are a set number of hashtags that you can now just follow and see random people that you don't follow in their picture right. feed. And so um just how people then are finding you on instagram through these new tools and um the importance of flushing your feed to be a collection rather right. than just posting here and there in random randomness. So I guess what we can do is kind of step back real quick and, yeah. and, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, but 
it's kind of transitioned from nor- traditionally you'd go to a person or a company's website and you'd click their about us tab or something Correct. like that. And now you're saying that instead of going through that channel, yeah. the social media platforms are kind of giving people an idea, an, an aesthetic, mm-hmm. so if, if you will, of like what to expect from that brand. Yeah, but I think the aesthetic can also tell a story. It's not just like a pretty surface picture. I think right, right, that right. you can get the about us mm-hmm. in a lot of brands these days by just going to their um, Instagram and just like, Looking through some pictures. And um, the other thing that I think we'll probably get into a little bit later is like, who are these other brands collaborating with? And who okay. are they working with? And, you know, what does that tell me about, you know, what they stand for, what they're trying to get across to the public? Right. So I think I think utilizing hashtags to kind of get people, a lot of people to kind of follow a certain mm-hmm. s- segment of mm-hmm. a larger feed yeah. is a great kind of idea. Um, especially with, if you like make, make custom, uh, custom hashtags and, mm. and, and not so much piggyback off of a lot of the popular hashtags that pop up day in and day out. Um, I don't know. I, it, it's different for me just because I've, I never, I kind of, I'm kind of from the old school where I, the first thing I would do is go to your website mm. and click that about us tab. And I still do that. Yeah. Like, um, just to get a better idea. And I guess that's more so like internally, like what the kind of like what the, the, the company culture is, sure. uh, but you can still kind of get a, a glimpse of what they do for the for the the greater population. Um, so yeah, it's it's I, I'm kind of on the outside looking in just because that's that's not intrinsically the way that I would go about figuring out what a brand's like, mm. so to speak. Um, so say I go onto an Instagram feed um, or any social feed that's very image heavy mm. and um, I see a lot of 30-somethings who kind of look like me or look like they're doing stuff that I'd be interested in. Are you saying that leveraging those kind of lifestyle scenarios are, are a good way to attract, uh, attract I guess, the core core demographics or like target audiences? Yeah, but I also, so like while you were talking, I was thinking I find myself doing like the Google search without, it may not necessarily be like a, brand i mean everything's a brand mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. events concerts musics uh, like music stuff right um because yeah you kind of do get that download of target and based upon um pictures and there is some copy mm-hmm, in it but mm-hmm. it's definitely not as in-depth as like it about you know us or a company culture page where it's right. you know, explicitly stating that's the other thing i think a lot of it is um a person looking at into an Instagram feed making judgments or making kind of their own calls. Right. And maybe that makes people feel more, um, I don't want to say comfortable, but you know, they're kind of calling the shots on it. Whereas if you do go onto a webpage, it's everything's being explicitly laid out. Mm-hmm. And I definitely like still do that and still value that and think that that is uh, most important, but I am finding myself um, going to, social channels more so than websites to learn about okay. people, companies, events, places, wow. etc. So yeah, that is definitely a, a, a major cultural shift, if mm. you will. I guess it's, it, it kind of bucks the trend of, of Googling something and, and going to an event calendar or going traditionally going to an event calendar or going to their website and, and, and instead opting to go to their Instagram feed or if they have like a secondary feed that features just events mm-hmm. or, or, or just concerts mm-hmm. or, or whatever, new products. Um, 
so yeah, I, I, that's, I mean, that's, that's something to think about. Uh, I, I think that's part of a larger trend of just moving into the spaces that certain target audience tend to interact in most. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you know that your art, like for example, if you know that your audience is more driven to use Snapchat, right. Um, it would make more sense for you to create more content that centers on Snapchat stories mm. and, and maybe previewing previewing new songs or previewing a, a new product line. You're more likely to get the traction that you want if you play in those spaces, the spaces that these people are that your your audiences are most familiar with, as mm-hmm. opposed to just sticking everything on an e-commerce mm-hmm. site or putting it, you know, putting it in those traditional mediums. Well, that's another thing too that the way that channels are enabling almost websites and social platforms to just merge is with a lot of e-commerce stuff. Now mm-hmm. you can um, tag every product right. in your pictures right. and just shop exactly right on Instagram, where technically it's bringing you to. A, you know, a website or a browser, but it's staying in one mm-hmm. page. So it's all kind of just seamlessly merging together with uh, Shopify is what that app is used to um, display products right. and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I think that you see the merge. And I don't think like you'll never not Google something like that's never one is not going to ever beat the other. Um, yeah, that'd be a that'd be a weird time to live in where yeah. we don't have to Google things anymore. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, but I do. I don't know. I I like going and seeing what people are doing, and I definitely think that also has to do with my like under perspective of social being right. like working on a team. Right. So I kind of almost know what I'm looking for so mm-hmm. it makes it it makes sense for me to go to the social channels to check it out um absolutely so that yeah and that could be completely different for someone who doesn't have that insider perspective of mm-hmm. it um but that's just something that I've been seeing a lot and I also read something um kind of transitioning and moving forward I read something yesterday uh, on Instagram and it was just like my whole feed looks like people are being followed around with the photographers. And honestly, I just cannot keep up with the aesthetic. <laughs> I was like, I know how I understand. I understand. Yeah, I have, I, have, I have a bunch of friends on my, my personal feed. And I'm, every time I'm just like, their, their pictures are so great. I'm like, who is And, the, and who both is of their hands this? are like right, in the picture. Right. And I'm like, who is following <laughs> you? Like, who are you Who's paying to take these photos? Seriously. Like, because this is clearly not a selfie. Um, there's def- you know there's definitely a website service where you can sign up I'm, and rent, I'm sure of it. rent like photographers for 20 bucks an hour just to take your Instagram <laughs> pictures. Just, it's like, just like a <laughs> temporary paparazzi. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, um, that's great. But, okay, something I want to ask you on your perspective sure. is, um, so I think when we talk about a personal brand or even just like a company's brand, right. and we've already flushed out the website and the homepage of a feed but then I think part of especially on a personal brand is this idea of having um, your projects your portfolio your own personal or your business things in a place mm-hmm. that um, you know isn't just a feed of cooking pictures or places that you travel but like this is the stuff that I've worked on this is the stuff I've like you know, put my creativity and my time and energy into produce. Um, And that's definitely a huge part of personal brand, especially in a business place. So if, you know, in an agency or in a creative setting, when we're constantly working on other people's brands and we're trying to enhance other people's identities, Mm -hmm. um, do 
not that not suggesting that we lose our identity but do we put so much energy into other people's that sometimes it's hard to surface our own um I guess our own personal brand or our own um kind of just like creative muse and if so or if not like what is your um I guess opinions on creatives having portfolios and does that enhance the personal brand is it completely separate from that and it's just a professional thing mm-hmm. etc okay i mean i kind of tend to look at it as a, at the end of the day if you're working for an agency or even if you're working in-house your primary goal is to achieve the the vision that you discussed with your clients mm-hmm. whatever that may be but you should also be mindful enough to be able to inject Whenever you can without compromising, you know, without compromising the integrity of the project to inject kind of your own style, Mm -hmm. your own approach, your own voice Mm -hmm. to to whatever it is you do. And then that can kind of serve a dual purpose. Mm -hmm. Not only you are not only you achieving the goals of your client, but you're also being able to, you know, create. I guess a repository in the future for 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 things that you can add to your portfolio. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, this is what we did for client X, but this is how I put my spin on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is so, what I added to it or something. Right. Like like, you know, so you can still kind of you know two you know, get two birds with one stone kind of thing. Wow. Without, like I said, without compromising the the integrity of the the the, the client's project. Hmm. Do you think portfolios are a must for people in try- maybe trying to enter into the uh, creative ad world or the agency world of advertising or people that are, you know, in it and where are the lines of like what you just said mm-hmm. of drawing upon. This is something that like many people on one team have worked with and like taking that and putting it onto a portfolio. Right. Um, you know, and sharing projects and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think portfolios are still very important. Um, but I think... Uh, Traditionally, portfolios are compiled to to show you those the, the best, mm-hmm. the best visuals, the best words, the best whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it's usually it's it's usually kind of centered on the final finished product, right? So I think, although I think portfolios are still important, I think more importance needs to be put on the process mm-hmm. and not necessarily the finished product, because nine times out of ten that finished product didn't look like it does when you first started right. it. And so if you can give people, whether it's prospective employers or who have you, or, or, or clients, if you can give people a more of a, a complete, exactly, like a complete commentary of how you started hmm. and how you ended up with this final product, I think it gives them a much more, much more insight as to how you work, hmm. you know, what you can and can't do. And, and just how you take criticisms and how you just kind of navigate the creative process. Mm. So, I mean, like again, it's, it's, more, it's more of a robust profile of, of your capabilities if you can also include that, that the process as to how you got to, to cool. the finish. That's really cool. Um, do you have anything else you want to add to like that kind of middle... No, no. I, I do want to talk about influencers, though. Oh, we yeah. Talk about influencers? I, yeah, let's, let's talk about influencers. Yeah. Because kind of we were talking about, you know, that. like, well, we were kind of talking about, like, aesthetic and, and yeah. just, you know, how do these people, how do people get these great f- photographs, even though they're not the ones holding the camera and kind of right, stuff like yeah. that. Um, so <sighs> influencers are interesting just because, I mean, with with, with things like, like, the thing with, with, oh, what's his name? PewDiePie. 
big YouTuber slash gamer who screwed up and said some not so great things on one mm. of his videos. And he's he makes I don't even want to talk about how much he <laughs> makes. It's disgusting how much that guy makes doing YouTube videos. Um, but I guess the more recent one was was Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the whole Paul family is just weird. <laughs> like they're I don't know. But um, like his his recent snafu. And it's just like where I'm more curious as to to how you draw the line between mm. kind of tempering what an influence because the influencer is going coming into this coming into a project wanting to strengthen their own personal brand. Right. That's as a, an influencer. That's very, yeah. You are gaining someone else's brand to right. like raise up, but at that same time, by having more brands attached to your name, you are creating more value for your right. own self. So it's kind of just this, this struggle between the influencer trying to maintain, if not bolster their personal brand as an influencer mm. so they can get more, you know, get more assignments and get more, more outreach. And then you've got the, the brand itself who's trying to partner with this influencer to make sure that their personal, the, the influencer's personal brand doesn't overshadow mm-hmm. the, the brand's mm. brand, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Um, so yeah, I, I'm always curious as to see like, like what people's thoughts on the thoughts are on just using influencers in general. Mm. I think that it's hard to keep swimming in social. If you are, have no, influencer relationships like I feel like that is a huge part of business Mm -hmm. um in social especially for big brands and so I mean I'm going to resort to REI because I I that's a brand that I love (laughs) is REI REI paying you yeah right yeah I wish (laughs) um but you know they'll well I guess this having many thoughts all come to my brain at once but we have influencers and then we have brands like REI who uses and posts a ton of user-generated content. Right. And while that is not an influencer relationship, for certain brands, it almost works in that kind of way. And so mm-hmm. as I sit, you know, somewhere, um, whether it's like on, on my couch on a Sunday afternoon or I'm, you know, in class at school and I see REI post like this awesome photo of just someone and they're just repurposing someone else's photo out on whatever their adventure is like that speaks to me as even though they're just you know the average Joe and they had an awesome picture and REI caught that right um it almost carries a very similar weight with certain brands I don't think that everyone can do um that and use UGC almost as an influential uh uh, like an influencer relationship, but um, that's t- taking your question and comments in a different direction. But I think that that's also kind of interesting too. But I think that, yeah, I think it's hard. Like Instagram is so diluted. I don't, I don't really know much about the YouTuber realm, honestly. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. Um, but the the concept still remains the same. Just like taking taking it like an influencer or someone popular on YouTube yeah, and then longer. partnering up with a brand to kind of do right. like a two to three minute shill of something of that there. Yeah. I don't You see it a lot with like Buzzfeed. They mm-hmm. do a lot of partner videos. Um, so it's like, you know, Buzzfeed presents, you know, yeah. adventures in the mess with bounty right. or something like that. Yeah. So you do um, video form. Right. Photo. Right, 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 right. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know if I have much more to add to this topic <laughs> except for that. I think that it's hard for big name brands to stay afloat without 
Um, and it doesn't have to be like these huge, huge influencers. Like I have a community of um, labels and the fashion labels that I follow. And right. It is just the only people that you know, are using these influencers are these like people in this one community in New York city that just somehow got to me in Orlando, Florida. Um, so I don't think that, you know, if you are someone out there who's interested in getting, um, or like working with influencers, it doesn't have to be like thousands and thousands of dollars for this one payout. Like, you know, we see with celebrities Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. you, there are, Every social niche has its micro influencers in different communities. And I think right. that a way to find that is through hashtags. And especially now that we are able to f- like have a whole feed of um, hashtags, which is really where a lot of influencers get their momentum from. Um, uh, at least that's what I see with uh, especially Spice World when I work with Spice World and seeing how many micro influencers there are for the food scene. Mm-hmm. is it's incredible and whether they're making money or they're just getting product in return right um yeah it's wild and see that's what i think that's what i prefer most is our micro influencers right it's more genuine i think it's more true and it's a little bit like i someone i do see um we've actually had this conversation before but like you want it to look comfortable in your feed and like you want if you are going to partner with an influencer Mm -hmm. like it needs to look like and be genuine that's mm-hmm. the two things i think if you work with a micro influencer and you're able to actually have a relationship with them with your brand right. they're not just going to be like hashtag ad did this thing they'll be able to kind of talk about it a little bit more which is always going to be more beneficial um, on the brand's end mm-hmm. yeah so i, I mean I, I i think i'd prefer i prefer micro influencers just for that that reason they're like there's not they're not big enough to where it's like oh this is about me and then right. maybe the the brand that I'm working with to a lesser extent it's like oh you know I just really really just like this thing you know it it feels it feels disingenuine when you when you tap like a larger influencer who clearly has their own aesthetic their own mm-hmm. kind of like things that they prefer whether it be products or services and then you kind of shoehorn in your 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 brand or your mm-hmm. your product or your service that doesn't necessarily jive with what they what they, they yeah, do as an influencer it's, it's like almost like harsh and kind of stands right out as right them. so it's always good to find people like the the little guy yeah the little homie <laughs> who actually just really likes this uh, a certain clothing brand or type of clothing or a skate brand or or s- certain food right you know um but and, yeah and work it into their own, their own exactly something because it feels more natural so tying these conversations up especially this last little bit about um influencers i was at a orlando meetup last weekend okay. at the downtown orlando library which Anybody who's listening, that place is <laughs> incredible. It was my first time going to the downtown oh, yeah? Orange County Library. Oh, it was like Disney World. I was freaking out. <laughs> at, oh my gosh, wow. Um, and I just sat down with this group of maybe eight to ten people, and it was just Orlando um, like creatives and people starting their own little projects on the side. And, right. you know, we were just talking. And the guy who was kind of the leader, if you will, um, was talking about value for value Mm -hmm. and the way that he described it was say you're doing something and you have some kind of creative project whether you are doing a podcast on your own or maybe you are writing some form of text or you know whatever various things that you could be doing but you're not really making any money on it okay um he was saying if people if you're putting out value and people value your work there is going to be some kind of 
conversation to be had with the with your audience of hey i'm giving you something you're valuing it like what could you give me back in return right and he was talking about compensation money compensation donations or maybe um gifts or it all had to do with a monetary form and i was sitting there and i heard what he said and i agreed but then i shared with the rest of the group you know this value for value idea can be taken from i'm producing work and content that is making some kind of impact on this other person. And perhaps that person has some kind of creative asset or some kind of value to them that you do not carry, but will be willing to maybe offer that uh, advantage that they have to help you in your project or to help you in your um, small business, whatever it might be for each individual person. And I've been thinking about that more and more so, and I think it's especially... Uh, impressed upon me because I'm in school still so all of the people that I'm around especially in the ad PR program are working on their own personal things here and there but no one is like paying each other for those projects because it's very um I mean it's amateur and it's a starting point yeah yeah exactly um and like I have a friend Ben he's you know takes photos and does photography and we had met up and we put our two kind of creative muses together and formed one project and it was awesome Mm because we both had these um passions coming in at both points to create one big thing so i've just been thinking more and more about this value for value model and how it doesn't always have to be money but can also be another person's creative service or another person's network or whatever it might be but if you put value out there mm-hmm. and someone agrees with that value and is taking value from it they're going to be more willing to give you value back and i think that you know we see that in social especially with the talking point that um you can touch on but relentless customer service and if we put this value out there and we are doing um you know jobs up front right people are going to be a little bit more um uh, responsive and so we can take that into the social world but I think it also t- like is valid with influencers um, you know especially the micro ones that aren't don't have thousands of dollars to be paid for but that genuine value is there so they're going to be more willing to want to work and you know I think this speaks to everything that we've talked about mm-hmm. um, personal brands portfolios everything and that was just a that was just like a kind of like a light bulb moment that I had last weekend right. that I've been thinking about this whole week of just putting out value and then finding other people to give value back to specifically like your creative service or mm-hmm. your creative projects. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of it kind of goes back to that idea of just genuineness. Mm-hmm. Right. So like you you find you find something that you truly believe in, whether you know, whether you're a company or, or an influencer or just, you know, a regular Joe Joe Blow on the street. If you find if you find something that you're into and then you are able to meet match up with someone else who's into that, you you create that kind of synergistic Mm -hmm. relationship. Um, Now, I think how that can translate between brands and then their audiences, um, customer service, I think, is is. I, and I've said this before, it's customer service in 2018 is going to be the make or break mm. thing for company for companies and brands on social media. Mm-hmm. Being able to respond to people's not only not only their 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 praise, but also their their, their issues, like mm. a lot of the issues that they may have with your product, with a competitor who have who, whoever it may be. Um, 
being able to be quick, be responsive and be accurate is going to be the thing that kind of separates the competition from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's uh, playing into the, the value for value thing is like customers find value in companies that value r- exceptional customer service. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, I, I think that that and that's just one. That's just one of of, of several value for value we're not going to give them all away because you know you know if you if you want to know know more hit us up p-r-o-v-o-k at evokead.com and we can uh, sit down and chat and we have a little consultation um but yeah i mean i think i think that's that's one of the big the key factors especially going into, into 2018 is that you know being able to find value outside of just money mm, yeah that's and that was my takeaway is mm-hmm. the person who was offering this it was all money form and i was right. like there's Well, and I think to to kind of play devil's advocate for a second, it's a point, a a thing of contention has always been like working, not so much working for free, but you know, the, 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 the age old kind of, oh, you know, if you do X, Y, and Z, you'll get tons of exposure. Right. You know, it's like, oh, money's not important. It's the exposure (laughs) that counts. I mean. You know, you ask a photographer, it's like, well, you ask a photographer to take a couple photos on behalf of a brand. Mm -hmm. And then you say, oh, well, we, you know, we have 250,000 followers. They'll, most of them will see it. That's tons of exposure for you kind of thing. But it's still, there's still work being done. Yeah, Yeah, there's still work being done. So by no means are we advocating that you should work for free. No, no, no. Um, But I think you should kind of take it on a case by case basis. Mm -hmm. If it's something that you know you have the time and you have the extra, I guess, overhead and resources to maybe skip a paycheck. Um, that's that's on you. I mean, if it's if it's something that you're truly passionate about and you don't mind, you know, putting in a couple hours of work to to mm-hmm. kind of just build a portfolio or mm-hmm. build your brand. I mean, I'd say go for it. But again, that's up to you. I don't know if oh do it. You know, <laughs> I, I I have my reserves about you know working for exposure, quote unquote. But you know, I think it's something that can still be you if you if as long as you assign real substantial value to it that's that's i think i think it could work out yeah cool cool awesome well i think that wraps up this episode of provoke uh thank you kelsey for coming in and taking time to talk to us um as always if you have any questions comments or concerns be sure to send them to provoke p-r-o-v-o-k at evokead.com and uh follow us on all of our various social media channels take a look at our personal brands <laughs> and let us know how we're doing and and uh, really just kind of keep track of uh, all of our contributions to the uh, advertising world uh as far as a quotes concerned uh this is from simon mainwaring and he's a big social media specialist i'm sure you've seen him at a bunch uh, at least one conference in your life um but he said social media is not about the exploitation of technology but service to community y'all take care Mm -hmm.